Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the Red Men Weekly Podcast. My name's Steve Hall. Hope all is well where you are yet. We're about to bring you the best clips from our Red Men Plus content from the previous week. Say it all the time. All of these shows are available in full over on redmenplus.com. So if you want to go and sign up over there, get yourselves involved. These shows are available in video or in podcast form. So you can watch them on all your devices or you can listen to them while you're on the go. Kill some time on your commute, get some on your runs and exercise and whatever you're doing. You can have us in your ears as well as on your in your eyes when you watch the shows as well. Right then, let's get on with things. The first show this week is the flagship show, of course. It's what we're all here for. It's the talk about the footy matches. And yes, on this week's show, obviously, the final words after Liverpool beat AFC Bournemouth 3-1. Delighted to be joined by the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Chris Page. And by the wonderful, wonderful Jay Pearson to discuss Liverpool's first win of the season. Let's talk. So I was like, this. He goes and plays centre for next to him. His, his interview after the game was brilliant. He basically <laughs> said, didn't he? Um, he said the manager had to keep telling me to calm down. Like he's playing six now because he kept going on these mazy runs and fair fuck to him. He was doing them well as well. Um, doesn't obviously doesn't get a goal and things like that. But I just think as home debuts go, that was as impressive I've been by a long for a long time for a Liverpool player. I thought. Both as an eight, I thought he was outstanding, and I thought when he went back and played number six, he was equally as good. Liverpool just give him the ball, like just give us a minute, whatever you. I don't care what the fuck you do with it, but we just need a rest. And he was like, "Sound okay? I'll just go and run over there, or I'll play ball yeah. down the line." I thought again, it shows the intelligence of him. As in, he spoke really well. We were down to ten. We felt bad for we felt bad for Macher. We had a job to do, and we all did it. I thought like he was outstanding. Really, he was. He was by far away for me the player of the game. I quietly have been underwhelmed during pre-season with Sobersly. I think it's so easy to focus on McAllister's distribution and where he's cropped up and all that type of stuff. That not under, well, it's hard to say underwhelmed might be a bit strong to be honest with you. But I was waiting, I was waiting to hang my hat on something, and it was the first home game of the season that, that he does it. It was that driving run down there outside of two players. And I was like, where's this boy? I mean, this is powerful. This is fast. You know, you've got the ability to go and get there. Um, and everything he did just seemed to... He linked up really well. He tracked back really hard. He made it difficult for his opposition number. First thing you've got to do on a football field is you've got to win your battle. And he absolutely beasted his battle. And then he won a couple more as well. Um, so for me, it was outstanding. And I'm so excited now to see where he can take it because that's his first one. I mean... That was, he ran the game. 
that was that's what you'd expect from a seasoned midfielder. Mm. Well, you, you know, Gerard ran loads and loads of games at Liverpool. So obviously, I ran the game. You know, can obviously run the game thirty six more times over the course of this season in the Premier League. If so, fucking winner, mate, yeah. absolute winner. Oh, yeah. my Jay, it, it, it's like. It's a different role, so you gotta be careful. Uh, you know, I don't want to disparage people who have just exited the football club, but you could see the difference that, like, the pace and the power and the legs had when Jordan Henderson played that. He was he was a different role. Don't get me wrong, but it, you know, near the end of the season, it kind of wasn't. He was still asked to be a number eight, and he did it in a different a different way. Of course, he's a thirty or zero fella. It's going to be different, but who can't run? And his legs and his legs look like they were struggling. Anyway. And yeah, Alex Ferguson never thought he could run in the first place, but. What you saw, I thought, with Sobosly was the the ability to beat a man in that position is key. And he beat two of them at once and left them yeah. on their arses. Is that he is quick and he's strong and he's powerful, but he's got the we saw with the penalty as well. He's got the technique as well. He looks like you know if you build like what Liverpool want from number eight in the lab, you you can't come out with Dom Sobosly. He's big, strong, quick, powerful, good on the ball, can shoot. He's obviously got goals in him. Great technique. The technique's mm. unbelievable. And looks the part. Oh, he's a very handsome man. He's, he's yeah, he is a very. I met him at most. I, I meant in football terms, but you're absolutely right. <laughs> I mean, he, he just like glides. He's silky. He's sexy yeah. to watch. And yeah, and he's just sexy. I will have that kit long. He's a very handsome man as well. And it just feels Slice like. In like a minute, he's have to bring that up. Anything else you want to tell us? I can go again. I'm, go I'm, again. I'm, it's not going to stop, but <laughs> it, it was like, ah, okay. It was almost like. You know when you when you when you upgrade a computer game and it just modernizes a little bit. It looks like Liverpool just modernized that position. Everything just looks like it's got souped up a little bit. Yeah. And that's perfect because I thought he was yeah. Outstanding. We've been crying out for that time in midfielder for a long time, haven't we? We've what it's was it? It's kind of meant to be what Oxley Chamberlain was meant to be. Absolutely, and I'm sure you Kate know there was meant to be Kate. Yeah, and God bless the Ox. You know, if, if weren't for that injury against Rome, he probably would have done. Um, but again, no disrespect to Kate, it just didn't work out for him. But we've been crying out for this type of player for years in, the, in that midfield, and we've now got it and. Not, not to go on like um, and we could be here all day about it but Chris nailed it what Chris said is just absolutely perfect he's, I'm so excited for him now for the rest of the season and we're very lucky to have a, a, a player like that and I think uh, you know he's he's really hungry as well to to, to get in uh, in the squad and, and perform as well and him talking about it afterwards you know I want to play there a thousand more times and I'm feeling yeah. like I mean because it did end up being a really loud atmosphere in the ground and stuff after the first sort of few minutes and that and really turned it round there and it was a great welcoming for, for somebody like Adam Sobersly. And as I say, I, I was a bit harsh before with Underwhelmed. I've, I've misphrased that, but, you know, I hadn't seen exactly what it was we'd bought. I saw that for the first time yeah. at, at the weekend. And, you know, he does fill you with excitement because he's got absolutely everything. And the question marks were, you know, is he going to be able to do this week in, week out? And we'll see in the fullness of time, of course, but he's got the ability to absolutely beast teams. Yeah. And the physicality is the one I was most impressed with. Like I think I think Kate's had the ability to do some of the stuff Definitely. he did. I mean, touch, I mean, touch wood, so obviously doesn't get injuries. Kate was never on the pitch, but also he wasn't really physical. I think at times you saw Sobis like using that frame. You know, the one where he goes around the last the last two of them and that burst of speed and he's just shrugging people away. That's the, that's what you need in the Premier League. You mentioned before, Jay Endo got put on his arse and he did. And he he admitted himself. It's like, wow, okay, this is this. It looked like Sobis like knew what was coming. Like he's he's already like Harry Sands. You know, he's a big unit, he mm. can carry himself. Thanks to Jay and thanks to Chris for that one. Yeah, it was delightful. Love talking about when the Reds win footy matches because effectively, that's what we're all in the business for. Right then, let's move on to the Biased Transfer podcast. Yes, it was Paul, Chris, Chloe and Dan. And this is the one show, I say it every week, where we get to have a little chat with everyone else, have a little peek, peek around the corner, see what's going on elsewhere and often just laugh at other footy teams. So yeah, here's this week's clip from the Biased Transfer podcast. <laughs> 
Manchester United, Harry Maguire. Uh, Manchester United boss Eric Ten Hag is happy the defender is staying at the club. Eric Ten Hag says he is happy Maguire is staying and that the defender must now fight for his position in the squad. No shit. Um, pans out, gun pointed firmly to his head. I'm really happy that Harry Maguire he's, is staying at the football club. Tell your face. He's had, he's had a week. It's telling that he was more staunch in his defence of, uh, of Mason Greenwood than he has been in Harry Maguire. The, um, Maguire made eight Premier League starts last season says to join West Ham but a 30 million move fell through um, Maguire basically wants to stay and fight for his place yeah red uh, as Maguire likes his 300 grand a week um, and would consider keeping his 300 grand a week and not playing football why wouldn't you also bear in mind he helped you know what fair play to him because he helped Sevilla to win that U- European Cup by the way uh, Europa League United were 2-0 up and obviously Harry Maguire played I think it was the mm. second leg decided had scored a couple of own goals. Um, oh, what a man. I love that though. This is what you get for paying ridiculous money on players. I love that the fact that he's just decided, you know what? I don't even give a shit. I'm not going to win anything with Man United anyway. I'm not going to win anything with, with West Ham. Might as well just stay in and get 300 well, grand. It is down to money because there was a this dispute over the pay because obviously West Ham weren't going to give him the same wages. So he wanted to pay out from United to leave and they weren't willing to give him it. Man United, twelve million. I think Man United are a so mess, good. aren't they? They're such a mess, and it's it's kind of like it. They, they continue. They just do this. They kind of like deflect away from it by with certain transfers and stuff. It's like they signed the Nana. I said this before. They're gonna absolutely loathe him. They are. They're just gonna absolutely loathe him. They, they need. They needed to get another another in, an interim goalie to have that break from David de Gea. Someone like it's like the the carriest break I'll call it, which is your transition of a, of a worse but cheap goalie who stylistically suits you, so that you can get used to it, but then have a scapegoat to throw to the wolves at, at, at the end of it. Basically, obviously, if it wants to cost them a Champions League final as well, that would be magic. But <laughs> the um, and then you go get the really the really Really good one, but like he's gonna do some stupid things this season, and their heads are gonna fall off in a big way. Well, yeah, he cleared everybody else to try and get that football, didn't he? It's like, what are you doing? He windmilled to across the penalty, yeah, I know. Um. But there's Hanny Maguire stuff, I and mean, they don't they don't want him. They were playing Luke Shaw at well, centre half instead look, of him. Look, if it was Liverpool, we'd be sitting here going, "Listen, they don't want everyone to know that you know they, they want everyone to know that they're still happy for him to play, keep his value, and yada yada yada." But it's not. It's United, they're idiots. Yeah, but it is ultimately well, that's what it comes down to. They've got no money though. This is the problem: wow. is that they're they're fucked for FFP, so they're panicking. So they they need him to go. They need McTominay to go, and again, but this is this is the knock on impact, and we'll and we'll talk. Well, about this Chelsea, is what but, happens when you. Put people on loads and loads of dough yeah. like Liverpool fell foul of yeah. this a little bit and people were willing to see out the last year of the contract and mm. run roll the dice on how many performances they get because they know that they've got a good chance of getting trophies a few minutes here yeah. and there and you're earning a wedge Manchester United just done it worse than us well worse yeah. than us well that's the thing you know since so about the De Gea stuff the guy was on 350 grand a week as not even in the top five best goalies in the league but but the most highly paid of, of the lot of them and again they keep doing this because that's how Manchester United do they throw money at problems and I just think it's hilarious that they're in this situation now and again you know as much as there's critiques of how Liverpool have been running you know then they're not perfect to run football club but Man United don't seem to get anywhere near as much shit for what they no, do because they, they, they spend money Chris. well they're 10 years away from winning a league title now 
That's what we're at with Manchester United, isn't it? You know, a full decade. I mean, they're a third of the way through our 30 years. That's how quickly it can change, uh, you know, at the top. And yeah. they don't look any closer than they did five years ago to me. Um, they've made the decision to stick with Ten Hag. They've made the decision to plow, continue ploughing loads of money in. They've made the decision to try and get a director of football in and all this type of stuff. Everything they're doing is not working and it won't work until there's some proper joined up thinking and they've got change of ownership. They've brought... They've bought Hoyland for a start. He's been he's still injured, so he hasn't played for them yet. They've got Marcus Rashford, who doesn't apparently doesn't want to play centre forward for them, which is stupid. You just tell him to shut up, to go and score some goals, and get on with it, mate. They've got. I mean, is that true? Because all I heard was he doesn't mind where he plays. He wants to be the number nine and all this. And now I'm all, all I'm here this preseason is oh, I want to play out on the left and all this type of stuff, and everyone giving him shit. I thought mm-hmm. he wanted to be the main man at Manchester United. Apparently not. Well, he can be. He wants to be the main man from the left. He just doesn't want to be the number nine because he thinks his best position's out on the left, and he's been public how about much, that. How much did he pay in that? And he just does fucking twirls. He's mad him. Like he paid what did he pay like eighty million for yeah. him or yeah. something like as well? Like you know, it's insane. Honestly, the the, 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 the crackers. He's crap, man. The crackers, honestly, and it, and they're playing rubbish footy as well. I mean, just to transition into the weekend, I caught the end of the the Spurs United game, and they were shit. They were shit. But Tottenham, Flav was telling me this uh, um, from the Fighting Cock podcast, saying how much they've had such a good time in pre-season. They've just had too many years of like pragmatic managers from Mourinho and Conte. It's not what they want to see. You know, he's always said we just want to have fun. We kind of don't even care whether we win anything. We just want to enjoy enjoy the ride. They've got Andrew Postecoglou, who's obviously all about the attacking footy and I'd said I did the um <laughs> playlist last week and they were saying who's going to be the most who's the best signing of the summer and I put Madison higher than like Declan Rice because said Spurs are going to absolutely adore him because he's a brilliant footballer and he's got he's a character he's just going to have they have loads of fun and I just watched I watched him play for them and was like yeah you know, he's running the show, he's drifting into pockets of space, he's picking past, he's getting into the box and they've got all these runners, Basuma, like the, so we were talking about him on Saturday, weren't we? Like, what, oh my God, remember Basuma? He was the one, wasn't he, yeah. a year ago, no one's spoken about him. He was absolutely brilliant. Perhaps driving through the middle. They've obviously got, they, they haven't got a goal scorer, he's got Richarlison up front, which is a huge issue. That's but, what looks like the one for me, like I think he looks fucking box, mm. But they look like they're having a boss time, they did, they, they just, they were miles better than United, yeah. miles better. On than the other side as well is, uh, growing up I've always known Manchester United to be very bullish about their own performance, be dead honest with it. You had Bruno Fernandes coming out the other day, he'd missed an absolute, um, I, I don't even know how he'd missed one of the biggest sitters I've ever seen in football. And instead of coming out and talking about how, like, yeah, we just weren't good enough today, you know, uh, disappointed in my performance, probably should have scored there. He turned around and all he spoke about was this penalty. And now last week, everyone was going all about how, oh, nah, I should have gave away a penalty. What about this sand ball? We didn't get a penalty. And I just thought to myself... He said, I'm going to be sat here waiting. I'm sat here yeah. waiting for the for the apology. You'll be sat there waiting a long time, you little He is a moment. He's a rat. Oh, he's horrible, though. I'm not surprised That's their captain, though. No, that but is the mentality now. He's the worst now. appointment of a captain ever. I totally agree with that. And this, you know, we were saying it, we were a little concerned over Van Dijk and you know my my general tone is don't make your best player your captain but they've done that and again it speaks to Man United he's also their the biggest tit basically yes. and that's but, saying something because yeah. they've got a few tits there the butcherer is up there the as well fucking hell the only thing he's butchered is his fucking hair <laughs> the um, butcher clearance the <laughs> 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 he's fucking rubber. I'm not having Lissandro Martinez I'm not having I'm not having Bruno Fernandes as captain I'm not oh. having spending 70 million pounds on a lad who scored nine Serie A goals and, and making him your main man I'm not having that Casemiro. I'm not having all of it Casemiro's a pudding keep, keep yeah, 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 I'm yeah, having it a 
Oh, so, yeah, can we just talk about Casemiro as well? Because we were saying, so, and I'm happy yeah. to put this on the podcast. Yeah. Speak, look, I'm not, I'm not a stick insect, but I'm also, I'm not a <laughs> not professional a athlete, <laughs> and I am nowhere near as round as, as Casemiro in the face. Like he is, he's either storing nuts for the winter, um, or he's got a thyroid problem that we haven't diagnosed yet, or whatever, or he's just, a, he's just living it up on Man United wages with no expectation. Mm. Um, they're oh, a well. fucking mess, and I'm here for it all day long that's yeah. twice now they got they got they got away with a big one against Wolves last week didn't they who then got battered the other day yeah. by Brighton yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah Wolves were well better than them yeah they they, they what's what is I ask a question does anyone know what is Eric Ten Hag's style of play bald <laughs> <laughs> What is what is Ten Hag ball? What does that look like? What is he what is he trying to accomplish? You'd imagine only because of the fact he was the Axe manager, it would be sort of akin to the way Just they wanted pass to play the ball. Yeah, passing, yeah, sort of yeah, possession based football. That's not based on watching United though, no, is but it? That's only because he was I asked for so long. That's <laughs> not, if you use your eyes, and you know I'm used to play United. for them. Exactly. And the fact I have to go back to the fact he was once Ajax manager suggests it hasn't quite worked yet, <laughs> Manchester United. Yeah, so. Roy Hodgson was Liverpool manager. Oh, precisely <laughs> that, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I've got no. I've got. I, I know you presume it's like a, it's a passing style. There'll be, I guess, some sort of work rate and press involved in it. But the like, what Paul, you've got to remember, he's not been able to instigate his style of play because of David de Gea. You know, that's yeah. that's what yeah. the Man United fans have been saying for the last year plus or whatever it is, however long he's been in charge. Now it's completely impossible, completely impossible to instigate a style of football with your ten outfield players without your goalkeeper being able to play and it. Too. Also, on top of that, you know, spending three hundred million already, you know, that, that's that's not and that we need to up it really to get the, the squad that he wants. is out. Glazers out. Uh, <laughs> fucking thing. And this is going to go back to it they're a mess they're spending stupid sums of money on stupid players why we, look Mason Mount I'd have been made up with Mason Mount if we got him you know we were very highly linked to him I, I think he'd have been a terrific Liverpool player as well but he's not what they need not that they didn't need midfield we did this last week I think or the week before they didn't need midfielders but they needed a guy who scores 30 goals a season mm-hmm. to play up front for them. Like, do that, box that first and foremost, because that's going to cost you all the money to sort that. Go and do it, go and get that done, and then go and work out everything else off the back of it. But the thing is, I think they're falling foul of this under Solskjaer. They finished second in the Premier League, yeah. and uh, Real Ferdinand's coming out and going, oh, second, finish second, finish the ball, Liverpool, second, better than Liverpool. You just finished second because Liverpool and Chelsea were shite. That's why. You know, that's what you've that's what you've done. <coughs> Two of the main contenders for that spot absolutely fell off a cliff last season for for similar but a variety of reasons. And I think they've used that as like a false comfort for how good yeah. how far along they are in their development because they were supposed this is we talk about it all the time, Chris. It's dead easy to be a counter attacking team when you're a good team with low expectations. But Man United don't keep those expectations for long. You don't get to people aren't going to naively play you that way after a while. And I don't think he's ready to transition them into being a possession-based side. So I just I can't no. see how they're going to the season. I must admit, like you know, taking the sort of blinkers off for a little bit and the bias glasses, the red glasses, and all that. That's like, a different I, podcast, I, I, yeah. Sorry, um, I, I definitely felt at the start of last season he was instilling something into Manchester United. I, I felt they plateaued big time after maybe two months and only really regressed from there. Um, 
Now, I think the own on, I think I was joking about it. I think it does obviously help. I think we've seen that when you try and play out from the back, you do yeah. need a goalkeeper who can instill some kind of confidence and not concede loads of super goals. Um, so that will have an impact, but I just don't see that the other players are good enough. And I don't, I, I, I actually never really thought about what style of play 10 hard plays. I think it's a really good question. I've got no idea. I, I, I haven't think, I suppose it, thought about it for five minutes or so. I couldn't tell you at the moment because he's got, good players in some areas of the field and it just seems to be that that's what he's relying on and that's what Manchester United have kind of been relying on for a while and he comes across like a you know what I think everyone's got a little bit of this in them certainly me and you have Paul but when someone tells you something your natural reaction I know I'm going to do it the other way you need a striker no I fucking don't no I don't I'm going to do it this way (laughs) lads you just need a striker that that would have solved all your problems there mate yeah yeah, absolutely and again to battle in on the job that kid might be good he might be really good but you need you get somebody best in class is what you need you need someone if you're going to play you, I don't think you can get in the top four without a guy who scores 30 goals maybe they're hoping Rashford is enough plus and then adding him might add a little bit to it and again they might have looked at it last season and gone well we, 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 he's better than what we are he's better than Begos so that means we should be better but you forget that everyone else is going to be better stupid but long way to continue Thanks to Paul and the guys for that one right then. Let's move on to expert insight. Dan Club, as he always does when Liverpool are linked or talked, whatever about in terms of maybe being interested in a player, Dan is the man in terms of getting everyone you need on the blower to find out exactly what's going on straight from the horse's mouth. Well, this week, obviously, there's been a lot of talk about Andre and there'll be more on him later in Journal Insight clip. But... Liverpool's interest is definitely there. Liverpool, it was reported a long time ago that Liverpool have at least inquired about the Brazilian. So Dan wants to find out all about him. So he went and got on the phone with his former youth team manager, Eduardo Oliveira. So yeah, here's what Eduardo had to say about a potential future Liverpool midfield. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to bluenile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at bluenile.com for $50 off. bluenile.com code LISTEN. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Gilda. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Red Men TV. My name is Dan Club, and I'm delighted to say I'm joined by Eduardo Oliveira, former Fluminense youth coach, to speak about Andre. Eduardo, how are you doing, mate? You okay? 
Yes, man. Always good. And it's a pleasure to talk about uh, Andre with you guys. And hopefully it's going to be a good talking and uh, we can we can get from there. Yeah, mate, absolutely. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, buddy. Thank you so much for your time. Um, like I mentioned, you were a coach at Fluminense, under-20s, under-17s level. When did you first come across Andre? And what were your initial thoughts when you did meet him? Uh, I, was, I, I worked with Andre from uh, 2018 all the way to 2021. Mm-hmm. So pretty much uh, uh, he was from 17 years old all the way to 20, 20, 20 years old. So he was, he was always a player that impressed me because he is very good on the ball. Uh, he is good physically, so he, he can protect the ball and also build the game up. And defensively, he is a strong body in order to steal the ball and uh, keep possession for our, for our team. So it's, it's, it's something that he always impressed me with the quality that he has on the ball. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned some of his qualities there. In terms of his technical qualities then, I found an interview you did a few years ago and you said he was an athlete with extreme potential. What was it about him that made you so impressed? What what, what made him stand out from some of the other lads? Uh, I'll give you an example. We we had a goal for him that he could he, he would have to steal 12 balls a game when he was a U-17. And he made that number up to 15. You know, so he's a guy that if you give him a goal, he wants to go up to that goal. You know, he tests himself. So that's something that we always created in, in training sessions and always a game also. So he could uh, he could just improve himself in different aspects of the game. You know, the second aspect that he improved a lot since he started for the first team at Fluminense was his long-range shot. That's something that he didn't have very well when he was a youth level. And now I can see he's shooting the ball better, but still it's a point of his game that he can improve better, you know what I mean? But he's still, he, he, he does a lot of stuff that in practice in order to, to reach their maximum level, you know. That's something exciting for a coach. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned there in terms of his working hard and training. Is that something he's always done? Has he always put the extra effort in? Because... Liverpool recently signed Sobber's line. I had some conversations with his managers and his former managers, and they'd say he'd stick around after training. He'd really put the work in. Was Andre similar? Yeah, he, he, I think Andre tries to test himself every time. Mm-hmm. Though I don't think he's a guy that it's okay with uh, being uh, ordinary, you know, mediocre. You know, he, he just want to be a, a, the best that he can be. I don't know. I never had a, a problem with uh, his ego. Andre is not a guy with the ego. He's always been a captain for for teams and the youth. You know, he had a, a drive to improve, and that's something that it's it's special in a in a in a team. You know, his teammate was João Pedro, that's at Brighton right now, and he, both of them were pretty much the same. You know, they wanted to to beat each other. You know, even though they're different positions. But they, they wanted to just be themselves, you know what I mean? They, there wasn't nothing personal with anybody else in, in the team. It was just them trying to to improve themselves and being the best version that they could be. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned there, Eduardo, he was a captain in the youth levels. What was it about him that made him a captain, really? Was he a leader? Was he a leader on the pitch? Was he a leader off the pitch? What was it that made him sort of an obvious choice to be a captain of those sides? Uh, Andre is a guy that leads by example. 
you know, his work ethic, you know, his, uh, his dedication. And he is always a humble guy in order to put the others in front of him, you know. So this is something that I think is a third qualities for a leader, the qualities for captains. And that's why he deserved it to be a captain during the time that he was in youth, you know. So this is something that I think uh, he is getting better, you know, with the opportunities to be in the national team now and playing the pros, playing with Marcelo and Fluminense, you know. So I, 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 can, I can tell you that probably he's better than he was back in the day when I was coaching him. Yeah, absolutely. You said there he's played for Brazil. He's obviously got that one cap. It was against Senegal recently. Do you think his development in terms of what he's done since he was with you and his development in the first team, do you think he'll go on to become a regular for the Brazil national side? I think so. I think the way that he's doing nowadays is just getting better and better every game. And the Brazilian coach is the same coach that Fluminense is right now, you know, and... Uh, it's uh it's a guy that it's he is reliable you know i think uh, i think that's a, a perfect word for him you know i can see him bruno guimarães those type of guys they are very reliable you know because they work very hard and they have the skill you know so you put those two qualities together i mean you can play anywhere in the world Thanks to Dan and thanks to Eduardo for that one. Right then, moving on, let's do Jano Inside Time. I had Neil Jones in studio yet again and there have been some reports of Liverpool's interest and even an official bid being made for Andre. Now, it appears from what Neil's about to tell us that might not be completely accurate, although the interest in the player is definitely there. So, yeah, here's what Neil Jones had to say about Andre on this week's Jano Insight. There was a report, I'll bring it up actually, from ESPN that said that Liverpool had a €30 million Euros offer for Fluminense midfielder Andre rejected by the Brazilian club. Sources have confirmed to ESPN Brazil the Merseyside club want Andre to join them before the transfer window closes, but Fluminense are reluctant to, sell the, to let the Brazilian international leave before the end of the season. He's also spoken out himself yeah. um, and basically said, yeah, I'm happy, I'm focusing on the game. They've obviously got the Copa, to, Copa, de, Copa <laughs> Libertadores, easy for me to say, uh, tonight at time. Yeah, early hours, isn't early it? Hours yeah. Tomorrow morning. Um, so, where we're at with Andre now, Liverpool, where we are with Liverpool in terms of actually making a bid. I think the, the, there was reports a few weeks ago, again, it was around the Lavia stuff that Liverpool had at least been in contact and asked the, the stuff. But this news of a bid's relatively fresh now, or yeah. these reports of a bid anyway? Yeah, I'd say denied by, by Liverpool that they've made a bid. Not not denied that they've had contact with, with Fluminense um, this summer. I, I, I don't know how sort of extensive that contact was. I think it's one of them, and there's a new, new phrase that's popped up. Um, this summer about conditions of the deal, you know that sort of or terms and conditions of the deal. Sort of what what are you what are you kind of looking for? What 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 sort of how open to selling are you? What's your sort of ballpark asking price? That kind of thing. In terms of an actual bid, yeah, Liverpool Liverpool have been quite um, quick to deny that, but that's that's taking place and it does. I mean, all of the sort of even ignoring that sort of element to it, all of the sort of Pointers really have, have pointed towards Fluminense keeping him, haven't he? You know, and, and being keen to keep him. I think Andre, his interview was classic sort of player, wasn't it? Linked with with club, it was like, oh, I'm flattered. It's great, you know, great to hear that big clubs are looking at me. But I'm got you know, a big game. I'm focusing on this, and I've got this to do. They've got a big game at Olympia, isn't it? Of Paraguay, yeah. uh, early hours, and then the second leg will be early hours of deadline day. So that would be interesting if if Liverpool were to or anyone else were to make a move. But yeah, in in terms of this bid, that's 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 the Liverpool end of it that they've they've said no. 
on that again, the, the, I don't know what, if this has been reported much or if it's just people putting two and two together, but like everyone senses, ah, this might be just one that they do for January. Also, the fact that the lad's been playing all year, like he hasn't had a break yet. So even if you signed him now, like he's probably going to need a little bit, he'll be knackered the first half. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, he's been playing, since, I think it's February or something, he's been playing yeah, a while. Yeah, they, they run calendar year. Yeah. It's, it's almost like we're all just kind of thinking, oh yeah, well, he'll just, the, 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 the expectation is he'll come in January, but. A, that's not guaranteed, I suppose, and B, in terms, you, you still have to leave a space open in your squad for that guy to come in in January, unless you're certain someone else is going to go mm. beforehand. Like, I, I don't know, am I wrong in thinking, like, we, we shouldn't just assume anything, really? No. It, it, it feels like this one's like, everyone's, oh, yeah, well, he'll be here in January. It's like, well, hang, you know, pump the brakes a little bit on that one. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't assume anything in, in regards to Liverpool and transfers, to be fair, yeah. to be honest. But I, I think he's one that, if you look at him, you say his price tag is obviously quite favourable. For, for any club, but for Liverpool as well, who, who've shown a you know a desire to get value, his age is is Liverpool's hitting zone. He's 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 at a sort of a level where yeah he, he's proven a fair bit, but he's still got a lot lot to do, and he plays in a position and and he's got a style that looks like it would you know add something to Liverpool. I think the only the only question I would have is obviously how well not the only question but biggest question I have is how quickly are you ready to go from the Brazilian. Championship and into the Premier League and, and starting games and you know that that would be that would be the question. There's not too many, is there? You know, you think of you know Gabriel Jesus came came over, didn't he? I'm, I'm just trying to think of other other players who've come straight from from Brazil into the Premier League. There's not too many. A lot of them tend to have a stop off somewhere in Europe, don't they? You know, you think of obviously Coutinho, Firmino, Fabinho, Allison, you know, Casemiro, whoever they they all. Not many, not many players are sort of oven ready to go straight into the Premier League. Either. You know, some are, of course, and it's not impossible. But that would be the question you'd have to ask. Um, Liverpool have obviously liked him enough to, to ask about him, so I, I certainly wouldn't uh, steer anyone away from him. But in terms of this bid that's been made and rejected, yeah, Liverpool sources are saying no. Yeah, flat out, flat out denying it. We'll see, and again, we'll see how it goes on that. Any like. I don't know. The, the we're a, what, a week and a day away from. from mm. No, is it a week? No, it's a week and a day. It's a, yeah, a, yeah. a week tomorrow. First of September. First of September. Transfer deadline day, eleven p.m. Are, are you expecting to be? You be busy. Are Liverpool to be busy? Because <laughs> I'm I, always busy. You know, I mean, your your fans want to do. Mate, <laughs> devil makes way for our lands and all that. But it, it does feel like um, the last few days have been relatively quiet. And I, again, that could be a good thing. It could be. Who knows? Listen, we sound with Taro Endo. Endo rather at nine p.m. and like, I don't know where kind of yeah. that just dropped. So. I don't know. There, there seems to be a little bit of a mood, and we see again. We see it more than often. Obviously, people contacting us and tweeting, and Discord and whatever, saying like, you know, what's happening, what's going on. What What's your general sense of this last weekend and a yeah. little bit? Because Jurgen kind of ruled out the outgoings. I know there's been some most solid nonsense, but that's just I, I can't see that. Nat Phillips might be the only one who potentially leaves as a permanent. There's some loans there, but I don't know. Do you got the sense that the people are still looking to do yeah. something? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And there's a press conference tomorrow morning. I'm sure Jurgen, you know. Listen, I can't remember the last time there was a press conference and Jürgen wasn't asked about signings really, even even out of transfer window season. So there will definitely be comments from Jürgen tomorrow. And he's been consistent, hasn't he? You know, look, you know, we don't make promises, but we're looking. And if the solution's out there, from his point of view, it would be crazy if he was happy with what he's got yeah. at the moment. And I don't, I don't mean necessarily in terms of quality. I just mean in terms of depth and, and, and numbers you, you know you, you look at the players they've lost you know Liverpool Liverpool struggle to get a competitive side out or a, you know a, a good side out 
for much of last season, and they had Milner, Cater, Oxley Chamberlain, Firmino, Fabinho, and Henderson available. Since then, all of those six have left. Plus Arthur Mello, obviously, okay, but he was signed to sort of alleviate that crisis, and he he's left even that. And they've only got three in, and and obviously, let's say, let's say you had Ben Doak as a first team player, and you had Stefan Bajetic as a first team player, you're still short. You're still short of numbers. And if you say that Fabinho and Henderson were two unexpected, you know, departures. Well, at the very least, you need to replace both of them, don't you? You know, if, if you were planning for the season for, with those two and they've both gone, then yep. you need to replace them, don't you? So I, I can't imagine Liverpool, or anyone at Liverpool, is happy, you know, inverted commas, with, with exactly where they are. Whether they can find the, the player or the deal that's going to improve that situation and, you know, the, the perfect signing in, in the final weeks or final days of the window remains to be seen, but... They have they have to be looking and they are looking absolutely and I I wouldn't be amazed if you know you saw a, a bit of Gravenberg sort of development you know maybe maybe Andre um, you know stranger things have happened even though the, the mood music suggests not they have to be looking at at least one more player I I I think they need to get two more players but at least one yeah absolutely I mean I think we'd all want we'd all feel more comfortable if they could get themselves a defender. And I'm a field again. The, the squad homegrown, all that kind of stuff, kind of does make it a little bit tricky and all those kind of rules. They've got themselves backed into a little bit of a corner with that one in terms of it has to be a young one of them. Has to be a young or, mm. or, or a, an English player, which well, again that's what they do. Really, you know, they 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 know they got a twenty year old. Yeah, they can uh, easily. Well, not easily, but that's that's a solution that's that's yeah. available to them. Uh, you know, you look at the midfield already. We're, we're in August. You know, James McConnell's been on the bench. For, for the first Premier League game of the season, you know already, Curtis Jones has, has, has picked up an injury. You know Thiago's still not available yet, or certainly you know not ready to start games. Certainly, he hasn't even been on the bench yet. So, you know the idea that you could sort of hide hide behind, but use that as look, we've got this, we've got this, we've got this, we've got this. You haven't. You know we know history tells you you haven't got what you think you've got at the start of the season. Liverpool, you know all clubs really. You know, I, th- I think there's, there's a knock-on effect as well. Injuries are, are far more prevalent at the moment. You know, you look at look at Chelsea's injury. United have just lost Mason Mount. You know, you you need that assurance further back. And you know, Liverpool have been caught out two of the last three seasons: one at centre back and one in midfield by not having those assurances in place. It would be a dreadful decision from the club if they were to leave themselves in a similar position this time haven't had those ones yeah absolutely I think we'd all agree with that one we'll see how it all pans out with like eight days to go hopefully York Schmack has uh, as many phone calls as possible send as many messages as he can thank you very much to Neil for that one and yeah direct line to Liverpool Football Club that's what you want isn't it that's who you want to speak to someone who knows exactly what they're talking about and if they don't know they can go and ask the right people to find out absolutely perfect so yeah keep an eye on the Andre stuff at the transfer window where are we now maybe a week or so away from the deadline. Let's see who Liverpool do sign. Hopefully, fingers crossed, at least one player, hopefully two. Right then, let's park the transfers for a second because I mentioned at the top of the show, we're here for Liverpool Football Club playing games. That's what we're here for. We want them to win every match they can. And this week's match, or this weekend's match rather, is a tough trip to St. James's Park to play Newcastle United. And at get ahead of that game, I spoke to Carl from Newcastle Fans TV to get the insight in our opposition preview all about Eddie Howe's Magpies. 
Like I did mention before, obviously, this, it was the same team. So for any Liverpool fans watching who don't know, very quickly, obviously Pope was in goal. It was Trippier, Sharp, Botman and Byrne. That midfield three we've just spoken about. And it was Almiron and Anthony Gordon with Alex Isaac up front on his own. Looking ahead to the game of the weekend, I mean, is, to see that being the same eleven, obviously, Lewis Hall's just come in, but it, it might be a bit too much to go debut straight away, obviously, from Chelsea. Harvey Barnes has come off the bench a couple of times. He obviously got a goal on that first game as well. He's the other option, obviously. Andy Gordon was perhaps a little bit fortunate to stay on the pitch the other day. But if you were guessing uh, what the eleven's going to be, to, uh, should we expect a, you know the same team for three games running? Or can you envisage Eddie Howe making any changes? I don't. The only change I could see, and it would be a really, really tight one, is like you said, maybe Harvey Barnes in for Anthony Gordon. And I think the only reason that might be is because we know Anthony Gordon, brilliant um, in terms of the tenacity that he's got. But is there going to be a bit of needle there? We know, you know, he'd come out of Everton not the best way. You know, he was he was kind of hounded out of the club. But that's not to say he still doesn't, you know, have a passion for them. So. I do worry about him losing his head in that first 45 if it's not going well, for example. So I would, um, I, I think we might go with Harvey Barnes. If that doesn't happen, I think it would be an unchanged side. Yeah, and I say there's not too much as to argue with it. It is interesting because I, I was even looking at the bench that you, you guys had the other day. You know, the, you know, Livermento, £40 million signing. You've obviously mentioned, uh, I've just mentioned Harvey Barnes. You've still got um, Murphy, he's had a good season last season. Callum Wilson, played for England, is on the bench. Like, Eddie Howe does have options available because I was thinking for this season now we found it a little bit when we first got back in the Champions League it can be a bit of a slog you're going to need that squad um, I did notice the other day Eddie Howe said Lewis Hall is probably going to be the the last sign he's not expecting any more incomings now what, what's the general sense of our Newcastle fans about that because are, they ha- are you happy enough with the squad like say Anderson and, and Longstaff you mentioned you brought up there as well so there seems to be numbers but I'll be honest I, I was quite surprised that maybe they weren't going one or two more I don't know what your thoughts were yeah, I think the difficulty is I, I definitely think people would like at least one more centre-half, for example. Um, but we have signed another young lad um, to go into the under-21 development squad. I can't remember his surname from Milan, um, Irish lad. Um, so th- there was a little bit of noise about him. Um, but yeah, I think a centre-half, maybe another right winger as well. Um, because like you say, we look at Miguel Moron and Jacob Murphy, both very good on their day but are they Champions League quality realistically and this with the most respect to them probably not they're not that level do you know what I mean um, so I agree with you I think a lot of people would have liked one or two more signings just for that um, that depth because we definitely are going to have a difficult season this season I think anyone to expect us to do well in the Champions League and get Champions League again is going to be difficult for anybody especially us when you know we've got the resources we can't we can't necessarily spend them the way we want to um so yeah it'll, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out but I, it's been a great start i don't know how it's going to go against yourselves i just think it, it's going to be a difficult season it will be on that mate you mentioned obviously i'm just looking ahead towards the game before i look ahead i can look back last year two very tight games obviously Liverpool came out as the winners on both of them in very different circumstances a very late winner at anfield and then of course nick pope got himself sent off um at St James and even that was a relatively close game even though Newcastle only had 10 um, the look from a Liverpool point of view it's like it feels like it's really difficult to score goals against Newcastle you know you mentioned before really good defensive records last season Liverpool kind of half struggled a little bit against them even this season obviously two goals actually the ones that you've conceded are the two really good goals it's not like teams are carving Newcastle open Liverpool coming to town and we, we've got this 
I don't know what the word, reputation of, of being a very good attacking side all through pre-season we scored a lot of goals kind of struggled against Chelsea looked a bit more dangerous against Bournemouth I'm guessing like you say you, you don't know until the game is played but you guys must have massive faith in that in that goalkeeper and back forward to be able to keep anyone out because like you say all last season and at the start of this season it's gone pretty well again I think the one thing because I actually sit right at the front of the Gallagher so I'm literally maybe three, four seats along from um, the post and what even though we were very good Klopp and the Liverpool side had obviously worked on something because and I said this after what he did expose Sven Botman is fantastic and I think he was one of the better centre-halves in the Premier League last season for a young lad as well but the difficulty that he has when a ball is played behind him and he's running back towards goal, facing goal, is one of his weaknesses. And you expose that when the ball was played through to Darwin Nunes for, I think it was for his first goal. And then it was played the several uh, the same ball several times afterwards. And I was just like, oh, like we've done really well this season. But Liverpool have come in and kind of just found this gaping hole that nobody else has found. So that's the one thing I worry about. Klopp is a, obviously a very, very good tactician. Um, Liverpool have always had a very, very good side of it. More than recently, and um, we're always going to um, respect Liverpool in that sense because of the firepower that you've had in in the past and the reputation that you have. So yeah, there's definitely confidence there. But I think losing to Man City brought us down to earth a little bit because I think some of us got carried away, um, and we've got to get back to a point where we've got to respect an opposition like Liverpool. I know Eddie Howe and um, and the players will do, but the fans have as well because the one thing we have going for us is when we're back in the team. And the last thing I want to start happening, I just worry that it can do, is that people's expectations get high, a few mistakes are made, get on the players' back, their heads go down, and then Liverpool take advantage, for, for example. So um, we just need to manage expectations, in my opinion, mate. Lip reverse, mate. Look at the other end of the pitch then. Obviously, Alex Isaac made his debut against Liverpool uh, last August. Uh, scored on, on, on his debut as well of course now that we're on to have a good season again I, I watched him a couple of times looks very impressive do you get confident in the fact that him against Liverpool's defenders like I say we were probably second best against Chelsea and though they only scored one goal Bournemouth we were shocking to start with kind of got things half right again but it does feel like Newcastle have got themselves a, a, a genuine proper centre forward I'm a big Callum Wilson fan I always am and I, I thought he's been a really good player for everyone he's played for including you know, including England as well but it does feel like Isaac potentially has got that that next level in him where he, he can hurt anybody. Really, I, I've been hugely impressed. What's the what's the, the the general thoughts of him in the Newcastle fan base? Oh, he's, he's everyone's kind of. It sounds silly, but they're kind of. He's got there's some sort of likeness towards Thierry Henry, not in terms of you know exactly like him, but just the way he sort of plays. I mean, probably his stature as well because he looks like the same sort of stature as Henry. But yeah, he's he's just. He's the best striker that we've had in the club, other than, you know, Alan Shearer as an out-and-out goal scorer was, is obviously a court hero, but I don't even think it's close. In terms of technical ability, up front, like Alexander Isak is on another level as to what we've had before. Um, and I think there were questions about it initially because of the fee. And obviously, he picked up a little bit of a knock when he first came in. But as you mentioned, you know, he, he did very well against you initially. Um, had a goal disallowed as well. And he's um, he's he's deceptively strong for his stature as well. It's just, you know, no disrespect to Villa again. He, Tyrone Mings has ended up injured after the challenge that he's had with him. But then in the second half, he's done exactly the same and muscled um, 
Oh God, who's there? The concert off the ball to make a mistake and then get a goal. So he's very dangerous, and I'm sure you probably saw that ridiculous dribble he didn't, did against Everton last season as well. Like it just feels like he's got everything in his locker, and um, you know, I don't, I don't think the likes of Van Dijk, for example, has uh, really got back to that form that that he really, really had. And I think, um, I think. He could have a good day. He's definitely got the ability to. And in terms of what Newcastle fans think of him, he's massively rated up here. Everybody loves him. Thanks to Carl for that one. Yes, and thanks all you guys for listening to this week's episode of the Redmen Weekly Podcast. Like I say, redmenplus.com is the place to go if you want to listen or watch those shows in their entirety. There's loads more as well. There's loads that we could have put in here that we just simply didn't have the room for. So yeah, loads and loads and loads of content, including loads of historical stuff as well as our documentaries, features, interviews. The Bobby Firmino three-part documentary is still over there as well. So yeah, head on over to redmenplus.com. You can sign up monthly. There's no minimum sign-ups. You can basically pay for a month and see if you like it and if you don't sign cancel it or if you want to get yourselves a little bit of a bargain you can sign up for a year and it works out a little bit cheaper so yeah all those options are available for you over at redmenplus.com thank you very much for listening to this one like i say we'll be back next week with another episode of the redmen weekly podcast and we'll see you all then